What's going on, everybody? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here today. I am going to be hosting today's episode. Uh, Zach and I are very excited as our Jaguars managed to somehow beat the Bills today. So we're pretty stoked about that. And my Thunder somehow beat the Lakers earlier this week. So uh, doing pretty good in the sports world for me. Uh, we've got a pretty uh, exciting episode for you today as well. It's our NFL midseason review. So we're going to talk about what we got wrong and what we got right, uh, what's been surprising to us, uh, as well as we'll update the lock board, and, which that didn't go well for me, but we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then finally, we're going to go around the NCAA and talk about the college football rankings. Where do we have the teams ranked? Where are they ranked right now? Uh, just give you guys an update on that. So definitely going to be a lot to get into here. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, but for now, let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, guys? It's Zach here. And like Eric said, feeling very happy. I almost had the very rare trifecta of USF, Tennessee Volunteers, and the Jaguars all winning the same weekend. Two of the three hit. Uh, but USF couldn't hold on against Houston. Um, so that was the one game that I lost. But, yeah, very happy about that and in a very good mood for this episode. And what's going on, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most. And, you know, pretty good. Seems like we've had a pretty good football week all around for most of us. I mean, the Steelers still have to go on Monday Night Football but against the Bears. Um, but UNC at home ended Wake Forest's undefeated season. So, you know, go Tar Heels. Um, and Appalachian State got another win headed towards a potential berth in the Sun Belt Championship. So good college football week. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I finally got some points on the lock board. So, you know, it's, <laughs> so it's, been, it's been a good week, been a good week. Hopefully it doesn't all get ruined tomorrow. What's up, guys? It's Nate here. Um, Pat's got another win today. Um for NFL, so that was um, good. They're looking better, um, better than I think. You know, most of us kind of expected coming in. So we'll talk about that um, later in this episode. So looking forward to talking about that rather than uh, my lockboard <laughs> this week. So <laughs> we just got something good to talk on here. Well, I will say, Nate, you didn't have the worst lockboard this week. Uh, we'll find out what happened with that later. <laughs> Uh, but for now, we're going to go around the Shields. Like I said in the intro, it's our midseason review. So got a lot to talk about here with the NFL. So we're going to start with uh, what we got right so far. Uh, and for myself, uh, I predicted that Micah Parsons was going to be the uh, rookie defensive player of the year. And he's off to a great start. I mean, if you watch Cowboys games, I mean, they did they, they did not have a good game today, but uh, when you watch Cowboys games, he kind of lines up all over the place. A lot of times he uh, lines up on the edge and rushes the passer. Sometimes he lines up at middle linebacker and drops into coverage and makes plays. He's kind of been a nice jack-of-all-trades type of player for the Cowboys. And so really, other than Patrick Sertan, like nobody else has really been competing on their level I guess they were the top two but uh seems like Sertan got hurt today I don't know the extent of his injury yet but 
so Michael Parsons having a great start to his rookie year. He's definitely been a bright spot on the defense. And part of the reason why the Cowboys defense has been a surprise and been so good this year. Uh, so I'm happy I got that right, especially uh, since he plays for Susan's team. So that, that's like an even bigger bonus there. <laughs> but yeah, so Zach, uh, talk about uh, the biggest thing that you've gotten right so far. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of things right. It was hard for me to choose just one, but <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gonna. Stroking I know. The ego there. Looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna. My pick was the Arizona Cardinals for this this topic. Um, I was definitely the highest on them going into this year. You know, Kyler was my MVP pick, and I just thought this team. You know, adding JJ Watt, which now he's hurt, obviously, but at the time. You know, getting him and building up the defense, bringing in some veterans. I thought, you know, they're they're made a lot of good moves, in my opinion, that I liked. So I figured uh, they would be pretty good. And they're they're at the top of the NFC West right now. I think I had them second in my prediction. So um, kind of bold considering where they were coming from last year, like an average eight and eight team in a very tough division. I think a lot of people have had them third and fourth. So for me, the I was a pretty pretty big believer in the Cardinals, and they're living up to it so far. I was close. I was very close, actually, to throwing them in the NFC Championship game instead of the Rams, but I did go with the Rams. So that was what I got right. Connor, what about you? Yeah, so, I mean, didn't exactly have a good week this week. Um, offensive line really let him down, and he couldn't do much. But heading into this week, Josh Allen was the front runner for the MVP. And, you know, despite the bad week that he had this week, he is kind of getting helped out a little bit by the fact that, you know, some of his other competitors for the MVP didn't didn't either didn't play this week or didn't have the best weeks. Um, You know, Kyler Murray did not play today. Tom Brady was on a bye week. Um, Aaron Rodgers had COVID. So there was a lot of um, things that kind of contributed to helping him out a little bit here for this Um but, I mean, he's still on a, a great track for the MVP at the moment. Uh, I mean, the Bills, despite the loss of the Jaguars, I mean, the AFC is kind of a mess right now anyway. But, you know, they still figure to be one of the teams that's going to be there at the end for the AFC. And, you know, Josh Allen's a big reason behind that, especially since they still can't get that running game going. Um, you know, Josh Allen's having to carry the team kind of like he did last year. So, um, Josh Allen, looking like he could be on track for MVP. I'm hoping he gets it. Um, I'm hoping my early season prediction about the bills going deep into the playoffs is correct as well. Um, but you know, only time will tell for that. So um, Nate, talk about what you got right for this season. Yeah. So my predictions were kind of up and down, but one thing I did get right um, was the Cowboys being up on top of the NFC East. Um, I know a lot of us had the um, Washington football team um, as the best team coming into the season, um, but I just couldn't, uh, go against the Cowboys. Not that I'm a fan of them or anything, obviously, but um, I just figured with that coming back after the injury he had last year, um, you know, they've got such great weapons in CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, and, um, you know, Zeke is back healthy. So it's like I just figured offense, they got it set, and their defense looked like it had been, you know, showed some signs last year that it was, you know, maybe starting to get better, and they added uh, Micah Parsons from that you can see on the slide here, and I think overall they're, you know, look like they're rolling um, through the East. So, um, yeah, I, I really didn't 
feel comfortable betting on Washington again. And obviously, I didn't think the Eagles or uh, Giants were ready to push them either. So I figured that was kind of a safe pick, and it's um, you know been right so far. So we'll see how they finish out the end of the year, though. Yeah, for sure, man. And I know Susan's going to be happy that out of the four things we talk about that we got right that the Cowboys were two of them. So <laughs> uh, she's loving that over there. But uh, so we all got things right. But unfortunately, you know, we're all going to get things wrong, too. So we have to transition into that. And for me, uh, what I the biggest thing that I got wrong is easily the San Francisco 49ers. Uh they just have not been good this year. I it, I know they had the quarterback issue with like, oh, are they going to play Jimmy G or are they going to play Trey Lance? And there was kind of a controversy there. But my thought going into the season was, though, that regardless of which one of them ended up playing a quarterback, that they had a good enough of a team around them to carry the game. I expected their running game to be strong. And, of course, they still have Kittle, a tight end, and Debo Samuel. They had everybody back healthy on offense. And, you know, last year their defense was ravaged, ravaged with injuries as well, but they had everybody coming back healthy on defense. So I really thought this was going to be more like the team that made it to the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. But that has just absolutely not been the case at all. And what really I was debating, like going into this week, if I was going to put the 49ers being wrong or the Washington football team is my thing I got wrong. But when the 49ers lost to, when they let the Arizona's like practice squad offense torch them today, like I knew, like, I just know, like I had to put the 49ers is what I got wrong. It was terrible, but, uh, so that's mine. Uh, and unfortunately I am not going to like what Zach has for his wrong, but we have to say it. Zach, <laughs> you got wrong, man. yeah, we, we do have to say it. So I, I have the Jaguars is what I got wrong. I had them, Finishing second in the AFC South, it uh, definitely looks like they're going to either be third or fourth right now with the way things are going. Tennessee and India are at the top. And really, this was a couple of things, a combination of the Colts having so many players being injured at the start of the year and me not believing in Carson Wentz. And then also my optimistic bias as a fan. I was thinking, you know, this team's got... I. Before the season started, I liked the weapons that we had, and I liked uh, – I really thought Trevor Lawrence was going to, like, be amazing and stuff and, and have really good games. And the schedule to this point hasn't been the the, dif- the most difficult. Like, they had uh, winnable games when you looked at the schedule before the season against Houston, the Broncos, as some teams that – you know, games they could have won – and so I, I definitely for sure got them wrong. And they had a great win this week um, against the Bills, but they're just they're gonna they're a young team. They've you know Urban Myers made mistakes. Their coaches have definitely been underperforming. So uh, I'm glad to see that they won this week. But two and six, I definitely got it wrong that they finished second. Uh, Connor, what about you? Yeah, unfortunately, we all also uh, got Trevor Lawrence being Offensive Rookie of the Year wrong, so that's going to look bad on us. But uh, maybe we shouldn't have bought into that. But, um, yeah, for me, the biggest thing I got wrong was the Miami Dolphins. Um, You know, I know they were on the brink of the playoffs last year. Um, You know, they just missed out basically on a, 
uh, tiebreaker to the Cleveland Browns. Um, so that wasn't good for them. And I figured, you know, okay, like they're going to have the quarterback situation figured out this year. Like it's not going to be the whole going back and forth between Tua and Fitzpatrick. Like it's going to be Tua, you know, Tua, he didn't, in my opinion, I was like, okay, he doesn't need to light the world on fire. He just needs to be able to manage this offense. And, you know, that defense of Brian Flores is, is pretty good. So, you know, I figured they could make some noise. And especially since this AFC East, you know, obviously the Bills were, you know, coming back pretty much the same team. So they were going to be good. But, you know, given that you're in the same division with the Jets and also there was a lot of uncertainty about the Patriots coming into this season because, you know, new quarterback, they got rid of Cam Newton, Mac Jones is going to be taking over. And also just all the new pieces they had, you know, obviously they were good pieces that they went out and got, but, you know, sometimes it takes a little while for teams to gel. So wasn't sure if that was going to happen for them. So I figured, okay, like the Dolphins, they can be second place in the AFC East and potentially, you know, have a spot at a, a chance at a wild card berth. And unfortunately the Dolphins, you know, they did get the win this week, but it was against the Houston Texans. So not really sure that's impressive at all. Um, you know, they're sitting at two and seven right now. So definitely no threat of the Miami Dolphins making the playoffs anytime soon. And it's pretty looking pretty likely that Tua Tonga-Vailoa will not be their quarterback next season, considering that, you know, they were even thinking about training for Deshaun Watson, a guy who might not even play next year. So um, not looking good for the Dolphins. But Nate, talk about what you got wrong. Yeah, so honestly, not that it's a competition, but my <laughs> mistake might be the worst out of this whole slide. I have Baker Mayfield for um, MVP pick coming into the year, and he has been um, really the opposite of that. He's I've got the stats here. He's 20th currently in yards per game, six touchdowns, three picks, um, and he basically pushed uh, Odell Beckham out of town last week, it sounds like, by his poor uh, quarterbacking ability. So... Not a great season for Baker Mayfield. The Browns have been doing okay, but he's, you know, at this point in the season, there's no way he could um, even be in the the uh, running for that unless, you know, maybe, you know, someone gets hurt and he starts throwing touchdowns like crazy without uh, the help of Odell to catch them. So we'll see, but that's not, not my best uh, take there <laughs> for sure. Hey, well, don't worry. Nothing will ever be worse than me picking the Atlanta Falcons to go to the Super Bowl that one year and win it. So <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, that won an award, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, you know, obviously there's no way we're going to get, you know, everything 100% right. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be a small podcast. We would have our own, like, TV station. You know what I mean? <laughs> if we were that good. <laughs> maybe like, and we'd maybe all be the, rich. The crystal ball, uh, you know, podcast over yeah, here. We, we'd be making millions <laughs> off of bets and everything. So, you know, it's okay to get some wrong. No big deal. Like, don't beat yourself up, Nate. We all did. <laughs> uh, so then finally, uh, we're going to talk about uh, teams or whatever that we have as biggest surprises. And you're going to, if you're not watching on YouTube, you'll notice a theme as we go along. If you're on YouTube, you'll see it already. But uh, so for me, uh, my biggest surprise is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals! Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, like, if you're looking at the division, you know, they're five and four. They're sitting, like, either tied for last or last but uh, in the AFC North. But just two weeks ago, they were the number one seed in the whole AFC conference. So I know it's crazy, you know, what a difference of two weeks can make, but... 
while they've had two losses in a row, this Bengals team has still been very good this year, and they've definitely been a big surprise. Uh, this is a team that most people probably had finishing last in the division and maybe even not just last in the division, but possibly even being near the bottom of the conference. Um, I thought their O-line wasn't any good. I I didn't think their defense was going to be any good. I mean, the only optimism I had was their weapons that they have and Joe Burrow. Like, I wasn't really excited for anything else for this team. But the other players have been stepping up for the most part. And, you know, Cincinnati sitting at 5-4, and four, they still have a chance to, you know, do some damage and possibly make the playoffs, which would definitely be a big surprise. So I got to give the, I got to give the Bengals a shout out for their performance so far this season. Uh, so Zach, tell us about what has been a big surprise for you this year. Yeah. So as, as this goes along, you might notice a theme with uh, the teams that we've picked, uh, but mine's the Cleveland Browns, another Ohio team here who actually put a thumping on the Bengals. Um, you know, two, two teams and number one overall journey quarterbacks kind of interesting but yeah the browns you know i've every time they come up in the uh games the the, the schedule where we look ahead the next week we pick three games and pick a winner loser i'm always picking the browns you know i picked the browns so in the super bowl very very high on them this goes back from last year and to this year now um you know kind of a team a legacy team on the podcast that i've you know picked do better than most have and they're surprising to me for a bad reason and it's the you know they had to cut Odell Beckham uh this week they they've they lost to the Steelers in a game I think they should have won um they're they just haven't looked like I thought they'd look it's been up and down for them and they're they still have a chance to you know turn it around and win the Super Bowl but like, if I could go back and change that pick, I definitely would. So that's a surprise to me. Connor, uh, what about you? What's your biggest surprise? Yeah, so we're going to continue the trend here. Um, so I've got the Baltimore Ravens as my biggest surprise. And, you know, the AFC right now is just such a mess. I mean, like, it's it's funny when you look at the two conferences. You know, you have the NFC with very clearly defined top teams. And then you got the AFC where, like, basically everyone outside of, like, the Texans, Jets, Dolphins, and Jaguars, like everyone else still has a chance to make the playoffs at this point. Um, so it's pretty crazy. Um, but assuming that the Titans were to lose today to the Rams, the Ravens would become the new number one seed in the AFC. Um, you know, it's pretty crazy that if that happens, it'll be three straight weeks of a different team being first in the AFC. You know, we had the Bengals and then the Titans and then, Assuming, again, that the Titans lose to the Rams, it would be the Ravens this week. And I really expected them to fall off a little bit, given that, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. And I will say for, you know, maybe this is like a little bit of a negative towards the Ravens is that, you know, why this has been a surprise to me is that they really haven't played all that well. Um, You know, Justin Tucker bailed them out in that game against the Lions. Um, you know, they had to really claw their way back against the Chiefs. They had to claw their way back today against the Vikings. The Vikings looked like they were putting a whooping on them. Um, you know, and also, like I said, with this team, given the injuries that they've had, you know, they lost um, Gus Edwards. They lost J.K. Dobbins. They lost uh, Marcus Peters. You know, I always like to call their running back group right now the running back retirement home because it's pretty much 
like a bunch of guys that are all past their prime, but are, you know, they're all there. Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray. Um, but Lamar Jackson's playing well. You know, he's starting to try and drum up an MVP type season. You know, his throwing has gotten better. It's still not great, but, you know, he, he's gotten better at throwing. Um, the defense has looked improved since the first couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, I really expected less out of them. So we'll see how it goes, um, you know, as they get into more of these division games. They've only played one division game so far. Um, and that was a pretty thorough beat down of the Cleveland Browns. So um, we'll see how the Ravens do later in this year. But like I said, I, I'm surprised that they could potentially be the number one seed in the AFC after this week. Nate, what about you? Yeah, the fact that the Steelers are doing this good kind of surprised me coming in, you know, based on where I was coming into the season. Um, just the way that, you know, obviously everyone knows Big Ben is old. He's coming towards the end of his um, run most likely. But I thought that would be a, a much bigger um, hindrance to them so far on offense. It really has them, and they've been putting up, um, you know, enough numbers to get by. Uh, Najee Harris has been – um, great so far. It's been helping my fantasy team, um, which <laughs> I am very happy with. Um, but I think having a dynamic young guy like that um, after, you know, he kind of went a couple years without it after, um, you know, James Conner kind of fell off a little bit and all that. I think that's helping them a lot. And their defense is, you know, has been tough as they have the last few years. So, um, yeah, I, I think I just overestimated the um, uh, how bad, I guess, Ben Roethlisberger was going to tank. And he really is you know, surprised me there, and the whole team has surprised me there, um, competing for the NFC North there, which is definitely an interesting division, hence why it's um, we're all talking about it. But uh, <laughs> I think they're in just as good a place to win it as any of these teams. So be interesting to see how they finish out the season. I'll say, if y'all haven't picked up on the trend yet, it was all the AFC North teams. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Good stuff there. Uh, we're going to transition now into our... Uh, weekly picks where we pick three games for the week and discuss them. So Zach is going to go first here. Uh, he's going to talk about the Saints and the Titans. So Zach, talk to us about how the Saints are going to beat the Titans. Come on, laptop. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. Uh, I definitely, definitely hope that's the case, Eric. Um, but I'm not so sure. The, uh, the Saints... You know, they had the win against the Buccaneers um, when Jameis got hurt. And then today they had a predictable, an almost predictable comeback against the Falcons. You know, the Falcons known for giving up double digit uh, leads in games. And then then the Falcons, Matty Ice leads them down on a drive to make a game winning field goal, though. So the Saints, as I've said before uh, to several people, are one of probably the three most unpredictable teams in the NFL where you just don't know what you're going to get. You could lose to the Giants. You could beat the Buccaneers. You know, you could, like, lose to the Jaguars and then end up beating the Rams. Like, who knows with the Saints? It, it is so hard to predict. If you're gambling, stay away from this. Uh, so that's the Saints angle. The Titans... Um, we're getting a chance tonight to see them play against the Rams. Uh, we're not going to know the results of that in, as we're talking right now, but um, the, their, their big thing is how are they going to do without Derek Henry? And it's going to be, I think this is going to end up being kind of low scoring. I think 
the Saints have a good defense here. Titans have a better offense, but I'm going to go with the Titans winning this game with a score of 24 to 20. Uh, Connor, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you that it's a close game, but I'm going to go with the opposite team. Um, I think the Saints, you know, I think this is kind of like they're going to be this team that's going to, you know, they've been unpredictable, but I feel like it's on like a week to week basis. They're good and then they're bad. They're good and they're bad. And obviously this week wasn't exactly the best. Um, You know, they fell behind early against the Falcons and had to get back in the game, but then ended up losing. So um, I think this is going to be the good for them. I think, you know, Possibly it could we could see Taysom Hill in at quarterback this time because Trevor Simeon like he was okay but you know with Taysom Hill healthy I think the Saints would rather go with him over Trevor Simeon so um, I think Alvin Kamara should be able to tear it up against this Titans defense um, so I'm gonna go Saints 27-24 uh, Eric what about you Yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Connor here. Uh... I just, I do think the Saints will win, not just because I'm a Titans hater. I just, I feel like they're pick them in the lockboard though. Pick them in the lockboard. <laughs> watch the Titans be, or watch, watch the Saints be favored, and then it would only be a one pointer. Yeah, who knows? I don't know what the spread's going to be on that game yet, but I do think I do agree with Zach though in the sense I think it's going to be very low scoring. I, uh, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go Saints 17, Titans 13. And Nate, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree that it's going to be, well, you guys, it's going to be low scoring. Um, both these teams have great defenses. I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to have to take the Saints here. Um, I, I'll do a 21 to 17. I just think that uh, without Derek Carey, the Saints really just don't have, I mean, the Titans really just don't have um, the edge they used to. And I think the Saints roster is overall stronger. Yeah, so three to one favor for the Saints over the Titans. Hopefully, that's what happens in real life. Uh, and then <laughs> Nate's, uh, even though Zach picked the Titans, I'm sure he's going to be rooting for the Saints. <laughs> yeah, is, is that is that yeah. so? In a, way, in a way, it's unanimous there, you know. <laughs> right. So, uh, so as long as nobody picks this on the lockboard and stuff, then you know, then I can yeah, just yeah, purely... yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. Um, so Nate's Patriots are up next hosting the Browns. Uh, Nate, give us your thoughts on this game and who do you think is going to win? Yeah. So, I mean, I really don't want to come across as the biased, uh, fan here, but I'm going to take the Pats in this game. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, interesting matchup there. Now the Pats are, I think have all the momentum coming in. They've won a couple games in a row and a couple games before that they lost, um, close matchups but I think that helped with their confidence, um, kind of got that up that they can compete with, you know, most teams, almost any team um, on Sundays. And I think the Browns are kind of an interesting spot. They won uh, huge today versus the Bengals, um, which they're not in a bad spot, but I think um, with Odell leaving the way he did and all that going on around the team, I think it's um, kind of interesting to see where they're going to go from here. And this is a big game towards defining that. But I just think overall, the Pats have the defense to slow down um, the Browns. Belichick is such a great defensive uh, schemer that I think if you can find a way to at least slow down uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, Chubb in that backfield um, and really make Baker throw it, the way he's been throwing this year, uh, that's not going to get it done versus uh, the Patriots secondary. So I think that that alone should – give the Pats every opportunity to win. Plus, Mac Jones has been doing, you know, 
not lighting it up, but he's been doing enough to, you know, keep them in games and put up enough points to win. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the Pats to win here. Not going to be a high-scoring game, I don't think. Um, but I'll go uh, New England 20, 21, uh, yeah, 21 to, um, actually, I feel like I said that for the last game, didn't I? I'm going to go New England 24, uh, <laughs> um, Brown 17. <laughs> so, what about you, man? Yeah, so I'm going to agree with Nate on this and go ahead and pick the Patriots, mainly because to me, it's going to come down to like, it's going to be a defensive struggle. And like I said, I agree with Nate that like, you know, I think the other advantage that the Patriots have here is if you just look at the head coaches, like Kevin Stefanski versus Bill Belichick, I'm going to give it to Bill Belichick every time. The Patriots are also at home. And honestly, I feel like, you know, obviously the Browns threw a whooping on Cincinnati and that was pretty impressive. But I feel like Cincinnati is kind of like they're in that sort of state of discombobulation, whereas, you know, they had just lost to the Jets the previous week before. And then I think they just came out unprepared against the Browns, whereas this Patriots team is red hot right now. Um, so the Browns aren't going to it's going to be a different animal, especially going into Gillette. So um, and I think, you know, really the Patriots are going to know how to find a way to stop Nick Chubb. I mean, I looked at Nick Chubb's like stats today. It was crazy. Cause I mean, they didn't even run the ball that much. He had something like nine carries for 111 yards. So it wasn't even like he just kept getting the ball and was just, you know, that's how he got to his hundred yards. It was whatever was happening to the Bengals. They were just giving up huge runs every time. So um, I think the Patriots will be able to stop that. And I'm going to give it to the Patriots. I'm going to say they're going to win 20 to 17. Uh, Eric, what about you? All right. Well, we already know who Zach's going to pick, but I'm going <laughs> to disagree with Connor and Nate here, and I am going to take the Browns. Uh, and for me, the biggest reason why is, first of all, the, the Browns are starting to get healthy again. Uh, they were they went through a while there where they were ravaged with injuries, but they've been getting people back. And a big reason, too, why I'm picking them, oddly enough, is because of Odell Beckham. I mean, it, it seems like in the beginning of the season, when Beckham was hurt and not playing, the Browns' offense was doing great. And then he comes back from injury, and then the Browns slow down, and they struggle for a while, and uh, they, they just the chemistry wasn't there. And then now, like, they had the news that they're going to release him, and he didn't play in today's game, and they put a whooping on the Bengals. So, for whatever, even though Odell Beckham still has talent, I believe, like, they just didn't have the chemistry with him there. Like I just, he just doesn't want to be there. And so I, I think the Browns are just too good of a team. Their defense seems like they're starting to get it together. The Patriots are in a role, which I will admit. So I, I definitely don't disagree with that, but I like the, I really like the Browns chances of going on the road and uh, stealing this game and, you know, getting back to contending at the top of the division. So I'm going to go Browns uh, 27, Patriots 21. And Zach, what about your thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, you already said it to everybody. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> so I'm, picking, I'm picking the Browns here. Um, really, I don't think it's going to be that difficult for them in this one. I think all they have to do with the Patriots, I believe, is just stop the run and then – you know, score some points on this defense. And I, I think this offense, like you said, all the good things about Odell not being there now. And it's, you know, you know, finally, you know, he, they don't have that drama or whatever was going on, going on with that. 
and they can just play football. They can just play the the Brown style of football, run the ball, you know, set up the play action, get Baker. Baker, the one thing about him I'll say is every time like he he gets ragged on by the media and everyone's like, oh, Baker's trash, Baker's trash. He always seems to respond the next week. Like that's what he did today against the the Bengals. Um, I think it continues over. I think they beat the Patriots here. It'll be tough on the road, but I'm going to say Browns 31, Patriots 20. All right, so Zach going with the two-score victory for the Browns there. So that one was an even 2-2 split amongst the crew. Let us know what y'all think if so far if you're agreeing or disagreeing with who we picked. Uh, then for the last game that I'll talk about is going to be the Seahawks and Packers. Uh, now, I will say one thing that kind of makes this interesting in a way is just seeing if both Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are going to come back this week, uh, because if both of them don't come back, this will probably be actually one of the worst games on the list to watch. <laughs> but I'm assuming Rodgers should be back you know, from the COVID as long as he tests negative again. And then the Seahawks were targeting this week after their bye is the return date for Russ. So. If they both play, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it'll be not a full-on shootout, but I think it'll be a bit of a shootout just with the talent that, you know, both of these quarterbacks have as well as the, you know, talent at wide receiver and, you know, other skill positions that these guys have at their disposal. Um, But ultimately what's going to set apart for me here is I do think that Green Bay's defense is definitely better than Seattle's defense. And I think they'll be able to do enough to get, you know, enough stops to contain Russell Wilson and, you know, maybe force an interception or some three and outs and give Green Bay an advantage. So I'm going to go with uh, a final score here of, I will say too, if it comes down to a Mason Crosby field goal, though, then Seattle will probably win because (laughs) Mason Crosby has not been good lately. And I'll probably rant about him in the lock board later, but, uh, but I'm going to, I am still going to take green Bay in this game. I'm going to go with a final score of 28 to 20 for green Bay. So Connor, what about you? So I guess for me, um, you know, I, would assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. Um, you know, who knows? I know the big thing for him is the fact that he's not vaccinated. So, like, you know, if he doesn't come up with a negative test once those 10 days of his quarantine are over, then, like, it's going to look real iffy for him suiting up. Um, and, I mean, Jordan Love, like, he didn't look terrible in this game, but, like, the Packers' offense just looked out of sync. Um, you know, and obviously if Russell Wilson's on the other side, then the Seahawks are going to be firing on all cylinders um but i'm just gonna go ahead and assume like eric said that it's gonna be rogers versus wilson and in that scenario i have to give it to the packers just because the seahawks still haven't fixed their defensive problems like their defense still looks really bad um i mean and you know they've had these like the, people are running on them jamal adams is still the most overrated safety in the entire nfl um you know he's still he should be playing linebacker he shouldn't be a safety because he can't cover um but I definitely think I agree with Eric that the Packers defense is a little underrated. Um, you know, they were getting to Mahomes tonight um, in the game. So I said, I'm going to go. I think it'll be a pretty easy win for the Packers, honestly, just because also the fact that they're at home at Lambeau, you know, they rarely ever lose at Lambeau. So um, I'm going to have to go Packers 35 Seahawks 21. Zach, what about you? 
Yeah, so I really don't think it's that complicated when these two teams play each other. You pick the home team. Like that that just see <laughs> these teams have met a lot in the playoffs. They've met a lot, like, you know, they're for the twenty tens, you know, they've been the classes of the NFC. Um I'm gonna pick the Packers. Uh kind of like what I just said, they're the home team. I think it's I think uh like Connor said, I think Rogers should be back and I think he'll be motivated. Um, to play even better with Jordan Love playing, like I, I do think it's like, oh, I, you guys miss me, you know, sort of thing. Like, <laughs> I think I don't, I really don't think the Seattle defense is that good. Um, so I, I'll give the Packers, I'll give the Packers the win. I'll say thirty-five to twenty-four. Nate, Nate, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. I can't bet against uh, the Packers even without um, you know Aaron Rodgers having missed this week. Um, I still think that roster is much better than uh, Seahawks from top to bottom. And like you guys touched on, their defense, our Seahawks defense is not um, really built to stop anybody too well. So I, I think they're gonna Packers have no problem uh, with this. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. I think if Wilson, Russell Wilson plays. Um, he always finds a way to put up uh, points, but I, I am going to go um, Packers 28, uh, Seattle 21. All right, perfect, y'all. So unanimous sweep on that one. Um, now we're going to move on to the lock board here. Uh, definitely some mixed results this week. Uh, as a crew overall, this week was pretty solid. Uh, everybody scored some points except for me. Uh, and so we also have a a new leader in the lock board which is zach uh zach managed to get six points this week so he moves up into first place at 34 Uh, i laid a big fat goose egg and so i'm still at 33 points in second place uh nate got a three-pointer right this week so and uh so nate is in third but not far behind at 31 and then as connor mentioned in his intro he is finally off the goofy dragon meme uh he scored sort some of points. <laughs> uh, he, he, he still he scored some points uh so still on last at 24 but you're only 10 points behind first so it's not like yeah you know, definitely not like still not out of it <laughs> yeah there's still a we're basically like this is our mid-season review so this is where we're at midway through the lock board so uh there's definitely you know been no separation really so still anybody's race to win uh with that being said we'll go to the results here zach had the first pick this week and the best results so zach what went right what went wrong for you uh let our viewers know man yeah so round one pick one this is the pick that only i could get nobody else had a shot at was the falcons over the saints which was a correct pick it was also a three-point pick so with it being three points, with me feeling pretty confident about the Falcons able to win that against Trevor Simeon, uh, they were on the road. That was their biggest, you know, probably the reason why the Saints got favored so much as being the home team. But, um, yeah, the, the Falcons, they played decent on defense, and, you know, they got out to the big lead, almost did Falcon things and gave it up. But, um, you know, they, they did make that uh, field goal at the end of the game to win it. Second round, my pick was the Texans over the Dolphins. I just seen the Dolphins sputtering out of control. Um, and the Texans, granted, they, you know, they're not, you know, any any better to talk about, but 
they're still a team, in my opinion. They play hard. They they're a veteran team. They've got lots of veterans on on the team, and I figured, you know, the Texans. This is a game where, like, if they work hard, they should be able to beat the Dolphins. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was coming back. I thought he'd do much better in his return than he did. Um, and then it just was flat out wrong. I mean, it really wasn't close, uh, but the score made it look a little closer, I think. And then in round three, I got the Knicks over the Bucks. So the first NBA pick of the year was that was correct as a three pointer. Um, so that's how I got my six points. The Bucks without Middleton, they've been looking bad. Uh, they've you know lost a lot of home games, and this was really just looking at trends of two teams. Knicks, I think, trending up this season and Bucks trending down. Um, no Chris Middleton either, so that gave the Knicks an advantage. And it was a three-pointer, so I saw value in it. And it was, you know, close in the first half, and then the Knicks just pulled away in the second half. Um, really, really the second half is when, where the Knicks won that game. But those were my picks that I got right, and I'll let Connor now share. I know he's happy to talk about some green on his, his lock board now. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was only one green, but, you know, I will say um, I'm happy to see it. Hopefully there's more in the future. But so I had the second pick. So, I mean, you know, Zach had the one pick that no one else could get. So I, you know, had, you know, potentially supposed to be the second best pick. Um, and that was the Cardinals over the 49ers. Um, I know, like, you know, that Kyler Murray was having his issues. Um, but I was still surprised, given how bad the Niners had been this year, that they were favored. Um, they were at home. I mean, it was a close spread. But I figured, you know, the Cardinals top to bottom are still a really good team. Um, so I felt like that was a pretty good, uh, value pick I could get there for two points. So I got that right. The Cardinals blew them out for the most part. Um, which is crazy considering they didn't have Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but they still did it. James Conner had a big game and the defense managed to, for the most part, shut down the Niners. Um, then my second round pick was kind of my, you know, I feel like everyone, for the most part, it seems to have one of these per week, like one pick they got pretty, they got wrong pretty badly. Uh, mine was Auburn over Texas A&M. I figured, you know, A&M, like they had that win over Bama, but other than that, they looked really underwhelming. Um, and Auburn looked like that they were, you know, doing better than everyone expected. So I figured I'd go with Auburn in this one, but, you know, neither team really looked like they wanted to win this game for the most part. Um, you know, the offenses in the game were terrible, but Texas A&M on the strength of their defense, um, they got a defensive touchdown, so um, near the end they were able to pull away. So that I got wrong. And then my last pick, unfortunately, that was a, another one of these close games that didn't go my way. Um, you know, Kentucky over Tennessee. Um, it was a really good game uh, to watch if anyone was watching. I know Zach was watching it. Um, but it was a close game, and unfortunately um, – Tennessee's defense was able to get the stop at the end against Kentucky and Kentucky was not able to um, get the win. I figured that that was one of those ones like with Zach um, saying like, you know, oh, who should be favored in this game? And I really thought Kentucky should have been favored. I know Tennessee had had, you know, some good games, but Kentucky was at home and they were the ranked team. They were number 18 at the time. So I figured, you know, this could be a pretty good pick. I knew that Zach and Eric probably were going to stay away from it just because, you know, you never really want to pick against your team on the lock board. So um, I figured I was going to be able to get it. But unfortunately, um, you know, good for Zach and Eric that UT won, but bad for me that Kentucky was not able to pull it out. So 
um, leading to my only two points. Uh, but it's two points, so I'll, I'll take it. Nate, what about you? There you go. <clears throat> yeah, so not the best week uh, I kind of alluded to earlier. Um, it could have been good if Wake Forest didn't uh, collapse. That was my first pick. Um, picked them over UNC and I checked, I think sometime like around halftime of that game and they were up, um, I think like three touchdowns or something crazy like that. I was like, okay, cool. I've at least got some points this week for my lock board. I was feeling good. And then um, I got an ESPN alert that UNC had came all the way back and uh, beat them in that game. So that was kind of a bummer there. I thought Wake Forest was actually looking like a solid team to this point in the season, but there um, uh, got upset by UNC. So that not great, but um, my second pick was my lone winner this week, uh, Boise State over Fresno. Um, I don't obviously know a whole lot about either of those teams. Uh, they kind of always end up playing like the 10 o'clock games um, out in Mountain West out there, so I haven't really watched a ton of either, but I figured, I know Fresno upset, um, they had a big upset win last week, uh, so I figured they were probably getting a little bit overrated uh, commander this week, so I thought Boise State was a, a fine pick, so that one worked out well for me. A nice uh, guess there to at least salvage a few points and uh, kind of stay um, in the running. And then my last pick was Minnesota over Baltimore in the NFL. And uh, that was, I believe, one of like my later uh, picks. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in it, but so the Vikings we talked about on um, previous episodes, they haven't really been. Uh, they haven't been living up to their talent and their roster and all that, and they couldn't get it done versus uh, the Ravens today. So... Not super surprised, but I kind of need to pick um, an upset, go for those three pointers to try and uh, you know bring enough points to stay in the race here. So um, bummed it didn't work out, but I think overall, you know, not the worst week ever. So uh, how about you, Eric? What's your your pick? Yeah, I definitely had a <laughs> pretty bad week here. Uh, I will say too, like before I do my picks, just like watching these games that you have on the lock board definitely makes the games a lot more interesting to watch obviously since you have the rooting interest we've talked about it but it also makes it just so much more stressful to watch when the games are close or you know when stuff doesn't go your way and well, especially when it's uh, two teams that you don't normally care about <laughs> yeah so i i i had that happen to me and uh two of my games uh my first two picks, I I decided since I had the last pick that I was going to try to go more aggressive and just take, like, the highest possible points that I thought could happen. And so I started with Green Bay over the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs were, like, seven-and-a-half-point favorites, I believe, so that would have given me a five-pointer. It's very rare, like, getting into this point in the season that there's a five-pointer that you really, truly believe could happen. So I went for it. But I watched Mason Crosby miss a field goal and then Mason Crosby get a field goal blocked and Jordan Love have a bad red zone interception. And even still, the Packers hung in there and still almost won. But just watching and no, in a way, I would have, well, I guess my point with earlier is I would have almost rather just not watch the game and then just seen, oh, they lost as opposed to like, man, if all this stupid stuff hadn't happened, like I probably would have got it <laughs> well, right. Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, Connor's definitely had the most like close one. I don't know how many of them, Connor, that you like watched play out, but that one for me, like I watched that play out and that was painful. And then I sort of had it happen with my second pick. I went with Mississippi State over Arkansas, kind of like with 
Connor's deal with the UT Kentucky game. I was just like, Mississippi State was the ranked team. Uh, somebody sounds like they got like a like they're crunching a bag or something. I don't know what's <laughs> going on in the background there, but um, so I I thought Mississippi State could uh, you know get this done even though they were on the road, but they were missing field goals and I didn't see the end of the game, but I was at work and I was following it and I saw Mississippi State get the lead uh, near the end and I was all excited about it and then uh, I was keeping track of it on the ESPN thing and I saw that uh, Arkansas had fourth and one at like the Mississippi State 25 yard line and then I came back and I looked again and it said Mississippi State had the ball first and 10 on the 25 so I was like oh they stopped them and then like I came back like a minute later and it said Arkansas got a touchdown with like 20 seconds left I was like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> like screw you ESPN Gamecast for messing with my emotions like that because I thought I had to win I was like I got kind of like with Nate with the Wake Forest thing I was like I got these points locked up I'm like feeling all good. And then I come back on a quick break and check and see they lost. So I was like, wow. <laughs> so, and then Zach just had to kind of you know, rub it in and tell me that their kickers, they had like two kickers apparently, and they missed like three field goals in this game. I'm like, my God, dude, like, <laughs> uh. so those were, I had two very Connor-esque losses there with, I know how, I definitely know how Connor's been feeling after those, but my final pick was just ended up being straight trash. I went with the Hornets over the Kings. I know Connor feels my frustration on this as a Hornets fan, but uh, they got beat by the Kings by like 30 points or something like that. And this is my second time picking the Hornets, and they've gotten beat pretty bad. I second them, and so final I, time. <laughs> say what? What did you say? And your second and final time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I will most likely be steering clear of the Hornets. Like, even if somehow they're playing the Thunder and the Thunder are like 10-point favorites, I don't even know if I can pick them then. You know, it, I don't know. I have not been able to trust the Hornets. My relationship with them is not good. So, uh, <laughs> big fat zero for me this week. But the only good thing for me with this is that I will have the first pick next next week uh so we'll look at the uh draft board here uh connor's gonna stay in the same spot at second uh nate will stay in his same spot at third and then zach will have the fourth pick again and zach for the most part has done pretty well with the last pick so uh we'll see if that trend continues or what but my trend continued of Every time I have the last pick, I go back to first. So I need to figure out how to fix that somehow. But take some um, tips from Zach. <laughs> yeah, watch what Zach does. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, that's going to wrap up the lot more for this week. Uh, yeah, you can let us know like if you made any similar picks to that in the comments. Let us know. Uh, but we're going to move on to the around the NCAA. So uh, the last week was the first week where the playoff rankings came out. And there was definitely an interesting deal in there. Uh, Cincinnati, who had been ranked number two in the AP poll, was ranked sixth. And some people felt like that might have been a snub. And then Michigan State was ranked number three, but then they lost. So there's definitely going to be a shakeup in the rankings. Uh, so what we decided to do was come up with a consensus uh, top four. And we also left a uh, you know the odd team out as a group so we'll start with who like we as a group finish it uh is going to be ranked fifth for our standings for right now uh but connor i know you definitely had this team higher than us so talk about you know who we have here at number five and 
Uh, give us your thoughts on this team. Connor, are you there? Connor? Oh, right. sorry, my sorry, sorry, my sorry, my mic was muted there. I don't know. Oh, okay, I, I hit the wrong button on the oh. Skype. Call, but, uh, anyway, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, so um, oh, yeah, yeah no. So I yeah, I got the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, as much as I loathe and despise them, I have them here. Um, and I think the thing for me why I have them in the top four is that I think a lot of people are just forgetting about them. Just because, I mean, I haven't have them at number four, um, even though on our list they're number five. But in my personal rankings, they're number four. Um, and listen, I think a lot of people are just forgetting, you know, how good they actually are. I mean, C.J. Stroud is like a Heisman candidate right now. Um, you know, they had that one loss to Oregon, which obviously was not very good. They didn't look great in that game. But ever since then, I mean, they haven't exactly been playing the best competition. But I mean, you know, they've been winning in pretty convincing fashion. For the most part, I mean, they pretty convincingly took down Penn State. Um, you know, they trashed Indiana. They trashed Maryland. Um, you know, and then even though it wasn't the greatest win, they got the win over Nebraska this week. Um, for me, really, the big thing for them is that out of all these, you know, Big Ten teams that are left, and maybe out of all these teams that are, you know, we're going to be talking about here, they have the toughest schedule left out of all these five teams. Um, you know, they have to play Purdue next week, which, you know, Purdue's been very unpredictable. You know, they've, they beat Iowa, and then they went and got trashed by, um, who was it who beat them? They went and got, uh, like, got trashed by Wisconsin, but then they came back this week and beat Michigan State, so who knows? Um, Ohio State is going to be at home for that game, so they have that. But then, you know, they have to play Michigan State, who's, you know, coming off that loss to Purdue. Um, we'll see what they do this week. And then they have to go on the road and play Michigan. So um, definitely a tough schedule left for Ohio State. But I think a lot of people, like I said, just forgot about them. I think a lot of people are overrating Oregon and Oklahoma. Um, you know, Oklahoma, even though they're undefeated, they have had a lot of games that they should have lost. They should have lost to Kansas, which is like not good when you're struggling against Kansas. Um, you know, they struggled against Kansas State. I think the thing for Oklahoma is we're going to see them fall here coming up when they have to play Baylor this week and they have to play Oklahoma State a couple weeks after that. So I think we're going to see them fall. And Oregon, I honestly don't know how they made it back up into the college football playoff rankings, given how bad the Pac-12 is. Um, so... I said, as much as I hate Ohio State, I got to give them respect here. So, um, yeah, Ohio State. Okay, guys. Boo. Yeah. Boo, but they are good. I guess for me, like, because me, Zach, and Nate, we all had our rankings the same, which is what got Ohio State out. But for me, just as long as a team is undefeated, I'm still willing to have them over a one-loss team. So, if, like, if Oklahoma or Oregon were to lose, well, Oregon's not undefeated, so well, yeah, they're not. But if, like, if Oklahoma were <laughs> to lose, the no, that's the weird thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, if if Oklahoma were to lose, then yeah, I I would have. I think Ohio State would. I think Ohio State is better than Oklahoma. But since Oklahoma hasn't lost yet, I have to keep them higher, which is why. But for the number four team, uh, who I'll talk about, we're gonna go with uh, Cincinnati here. Uh, I mentioned earlier, like, you know, some people thought they might have got snubbed, uh, you know, in the initial rankings. Obviously, there's still a few more weeks left and things can change. But I don't know. I, I think they should be in, which is why I have them, you know, in the top four. Um, you know, I'm ready for a team like this, 
you know, to get a chance in the college football playoff. I mean, we've seen, you know, sometimes teams slip in as a number four seed that's a one or two loss team and they still end up winning it. And then other times they just get, you know, humiliated by whoever the number one seed is. And Washington. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe that smaller school that was undefeated should have got a chance or something like I know their schedule hasn't been great. I mean, but they do have a big win over Notre Dame, and that that's what helps them, I think. If that Notre Dame game was another, like, Tulsa-esque type of team, then maybe I wouldn't have them here. But they do have a strong win on their schedule. They are undefeated. Um, you know, I do think they, as long as they remain undefeated, I do think they should get a chance. If they will, you know, if they will or not, that remains to be seen, but... Uh, I hope it happens, you know, give them a chance and, you know, we'll see what, you know, we'll see how it goes from here. So um, up next, we have our uh, number three ranked team. And I believe it was uh, Zach that was going to talk about this team. I don't want to have a brain fart on the order there. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so like Eric, like Eric said, uh, the Sooners here coming in at number three in our rankings, they... I can understand the case against them. You know, they actually right now, they have no wins against ranked teams, um, which is pretty crazy. But they're, they are undefeated. And what the committee and what I am doing right now is I'm analyzing the current Oklahoma Sooners. Like, you have a resume and then you have your current, you know, projections and stuff. And they're just a completely different team with Caleb Williams and at quarterback than they were with Spencer Rattler. They're winning games much more convincingly. The offense is clicking like they usually do scoring like in the forties and fifties and such. Um, And I know, I do know that their schedule does pick up. So they have, you know, opportunities to get more quality wins. Uh, But I'm a believer in this Caleb Williams kid. And I think, uh, you know, I don't like Oklahoma much like I don't like Ohio State and some other teams in the basically all the teams. Mo- mo- most of the teams <laughs> in the in these rankings. <laughs> yeah, I, they they can all they can, they they can all be screwed, but um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for me, it's really about Caleb Williams and how how much better they've looked with him in at quarterback. And for me, and for that reason, I think they're the third best team right now. Um, and I'll let. Eric transition well, number two. I will yeah, say very quickly. Funny thing yeah, is about this about this Oklahoma team is the fact that you know. I mean, I will say if I so Zach, Eric, and Nate all had them at number three, um, I would have had them at number five. But it is funny considering that we all have them in the top five, and in the latest CFP rankings, you know, when they first came out, this team was number eight. So they're not even like really in sniffing distance yet of the college football playoff. So interesting to see. Yeah, these rankings are interesting, man. But we'll we will move on to number two. Nate, take this away. Yeah, so usually it's a little bit reversed here. Usually this team, um, Alabama, is the top team. Um, but this year is a little bit different. They had that loss a few weeks ago versus Texas A&M. But I do think that it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, if things stay the way they are and neither of these teams lose, I think it will be a very interesting matchup. Uh, them versus Georgia, uh, presumptively in the SEC championship. Uh, I think Bama. Well, Georgia's already uh, locked in to the SEC title game. Right. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, the SEC East has kind of been um, a bit of a mess uh, the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, so Georgia's already in, but 
assuming the Tide uh, don't drop the game to Auburn in a few weeks, um, they'll be there too. And um, I think they have what it takes. Obviously, Georgia is, you know, nasty this year. They're running through uh, their entire schedule. Um, haven't really been pushed by anybody yet. Um, I think Bama is the team that, you know, on paper should be able to do it. Um, I think Bryce Young has gotten things uh, going since the start of the season. Um, they've got um, – they're not quite as scary, I think, as past uh, tied teams, at least as from what I've um, seen in the few games i watched them. But they are, you know, a talented roster as always. They're still very well coached. And um, I think if anyone's going to push Georgia this year, it's going to be them. Um, so we'll see what happens um, in that championship game. Um, I think they're still my step number two team. I, I still think that um, given what we've seen from the playoff committee in recent years, even if they lose to Georgia and that's their, well, I guess that'd be their second loss. So it'd be a little bit um, uh, different, I guess. Maybe it won't, won't make it in any well, ways, but. Um, well, it'll, it'll depend on what happens in the other areas. Like I know it would right. have to be something like if Oklahoma went und- like so if assuming Bama loses to Georgia, I would say they would get out. If Oklahoma went undefeated, they would get in for sure. And then it would have to be something like um, either Ohio State or Michigan would need to win out to and they would get in. And then that would be their danger of slipping out. My, because then I think Cincinnati would have a good chance to get in there too if they went out, presumably. So a lot would have to right. go wrong. A lot, a lot would have to go certain ways i think for bama if, if that georgia is their only loss because if they lose to auburn then yeah like oh, that, yeah. Then they're out but like <laughs> i think just losing to georgia i think they still have a good shot to make it in yeah and especially the knowing the playoff committee they'll find some way to <laughs> make that happen too so. i mean they like oh. to throw alabama and ohio state in there even when they don't deserve it uh right you know, I, I mean we're not talking about ohio state anymore but you know i still have to call back to this, you know, that year when they decided to let Ohio State in the CFP over Penn State, even though Penn State beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten Championship, they still put Ohio State in over Penn State. So, you know, they find ways with these two teams. <laughs> yeah, so not going to play, not go to the number one team yet. I'm not going to do a little drum roll here. Like, number one is... <laughs> The Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, wait. No, I mean the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> you mean it's not Appalachian State? What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, what's this G on the screen here? I don't know what this is about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is a pretty obvious one. Uh, you know, Georgia's been dominant. I think we were talking before we came on the air, and uh, I think Connor said that Georgia hasn't given up more than 13 points in a game yet this season. I mean – it's just unreal. I mean, the, this season is theirs to lose. Uh, I will be surprised if anybody beats them. I mean, obviously, you never know what could happen, but you know they're undefeated and they're ranked number one for a very good reason. So uh, that was obviously a unanimous vote amongst the panel. So, but anyway, guys. I mean, uh, I, w- I will say very quickly for them. This feels like. Georgia this year kind of feels like the opposite of LSU from a couple of years ago, whereas like LSU, you know, they were really dominant and really unbeatable behind the strength of that offense with like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. This Georgia team is the opposite. They're undefeated and really strong because they have one of the best defenses that anyone's seen in college football in quite a while. So, yeah, I, um, I definitely uh I definitely agree with that. Well, also, I guess before we wrap it up, give a quick update here because we're recording this Sunday night. So the 
uh, Rams Titans game is going on and the Titans are putting a whooping on the Rams right now. So maybe I'll change my pick to the Titans. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously I don't want to do that, but Titans looking good right now up 21 to three. Uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. We, I think we gave out a lot of good content here. So um, definitely let us know in the comments, your favorite parts, what you, what you agree with, what you disagree with. Um, if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to cover in an episode, let us know. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. And uh, if you're not subscribed to the channel yet, go ahead and do that. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And remember, be clutch. Bye. See ya. From Eric. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>